speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. The Old Testament reading for the eighth Sunday after Trinity is from Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter. Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, no disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and to hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold, the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, and yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned them from their evil ways and from the evil of their deeds. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the hearts of the prophets who prophesy lies? And who prophesy the deceit of their own heart? Who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal? Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. What is straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord? Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There are really a lot of worthless pastors in America right now. You heard that correctly. Let me repeat it again. There are really a lot of worthless pastors in America right now. America's full of a bunch of pathetic, despicable, and useless pastors. Now, the reason why they are so worthless is not due to an element of incompetence. Their worthlessness is not because they lack organization or communication or interpersonal relationship skills. On the contrary, many pastors in America are indeed very professional. Many are organized, effective communicators, and extremely personable and even very nice. However, they are still worthless. But why are they so worthless? And why such harsh words today towards those worthless pastors? Now, dear friends, it is because these worthless pastors do not, and this is the key, they do not listen to the word of God before they preach to their churches, before they preach to the sheep. 
In our reading from the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, we hear about worthless and false preachers. All their babble is nothing more than hot air and lies to boot. The reason being, quite frankly, they make it all up. Yes, they make it all up. Not a word that they speak comes from God. These worthless and false preachers have closed ears to God's word. And so if a preacher's ears are closed to God's word, then everything he says is nothing more than cotton candy silliness. Indeed, if a preacher has his ears closed to God's word, no matter how charismatic, no matter how professional and competent and entertaining that pastor is, well, that preacher is on the same level as a librarian reading fantasy stories to children. This is why the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate is so particular in demanding of our pastors. We don't ordain our pastors online and then give them a pastor kit for $19.99. But instead, we send our pastors, seminarians to be precise, off to seminary for four years to learn the original languages of the Bible, to study the Bible diligently. Yes, diligently. Now, this is not just a silly academic exercise intended to puff the pastor's future ego up, look at how smart your pastor is, but instead it is intended to get the pastor, to get pastors as close to the Word of God, close to the Bible as possible, to study it, to be diligent, and even to study it in the original languages, so that the pastor might be entirely captive to the Word of God and not the opinions of man. Think of it this way. The pastor must be marinated. Yes, marinated in the Word of God before he preaches to his flock. And so what this means is that each and every one of you here this morning, you should expect your pastors to diligently study God's Word, even in the original languages and within its historical context, before he dare step into this pulpit and preach. And you should expect the pastor to preach off the selected scripture passages for each day of the church calendar. Congregations and Christians should want their pastors to be as close to the word as possible. You should never expect the pastor to just step in the pulpit and wing it, if you will. There's no such thing as an innovative and creative sermon. The pastor should never step in the pulpit and do a new thing, for God has indeed not spoken a new thing, but he has spoken what is and everything that we need to know is already contained in the Word of God. Now, we should mark and note that there's nothing wrong with a pastor having a good communication skills or organization interpersonal relationship skills. You as the church, indeed, should be fine with that. But you must demand, you must demand that your pastors cling to the Word of God as first importance. The sermons and the teachings of the church through the pastor must originate from God's holy word. For if they do not, and this is the point, if they do not, it is all vain, all is empty. Everything is worthless. If it's not from the word of God, we might as well shut the doors and vanquish and leave the church. You as a church should expect that the pastor's main calling is to be faithful and not necessarily successful if given a choice, you should demand 30 years of boring preaching but faithful preaching of the gospel versus 30 years of an entertaining, 30 years of entertaining heretical preaching. But there's another problem, though. 
Unfortunately, there's another problem that needs to be addressed this morning. There are also many careless parishioners in America right now, too. You heard that correctly. America is full of a bunch of obtuse and sleepy and neglectful parishioners. Now, the reason why these parishioners are so careless is not due to a lack of empathy. Their carelessness is not because they lack kindness or love or gentleness. On the contrary, many of these parishioners are indeed very kind, very loving, and gentle people. However, they are still careless. But why are they so careless? And why, again, such harsh words? Dear friends, these careless parishioners, they have no stomach for the solid teaching of the Word, but only desire spiritual junk food. All they want, as we could say, is easy street. They are more concerned with what makes their bellies happy and their wildest dreams come true than hearing what God has to say in His Word. Bluntly stated, they have no taste for God and are set in their own ways. As the Apostle Paul says on this very subject, he says this, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have tickling or itching ears. They will accumulate, they will gather for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, to tell them what they want to hear. Now in America, we hear a lot of lament in America these days about how youth have forsaken the church. Yes, how youth have forsaken the church. Well, there are many reasons that contribute to this phenomenon. I believe an older theologian has really pinpointed the problem. Permit me an opportunity to paraphrase this theologian from 1978, speaking to this issue. He says this, When youth do not listen to the truth but go looking for what they want to hear, the main problem is not with the youth but with their elders. If youth are confused, it is mainly because of their parents. For example, if the liturgy is boring to children, it is usually because the parents, well, they do not find it interesting as well. If children saw adults going to receive the word and sacrament as the most important activity of their entire lives, well, the youth would respect it too and would never dream of treating it like a pop event to be tinkered with by every Tom, Dick, and Harry. A church that has parents captive to the Word of God, particularly fathers, will generally have the devotion of their children too. But a church that surrenders to the appetites of the gut and the will of the stubborn heart neither deserves God's Word nor the presence of youth. That is for sure. No wonder why it is so common to see worthless pastors and careless parishioners together they're actually two peas in a pod, as they say. Careless parishioners who rebel and despise God's word, they're happy to hear worthless pastors say, hey, hey, don't worry, all is well, it's all good. And worthless pastors who like being in positions of power and authority, the accolades of mankind, they're equally glad when parishioners live the way that they want to, for it is easy to say to these kind of parishioners, don't worry, nothing bad will ever happen to you. It's all good. But what does this mean for us here? I mean, that really boils it, boils it down. What do these sobering words mean to you and me right here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church? Quite frankly, my friends, we could say this. We're in this together. We are. Today's reading from the Old Testament and Gospel are not only a warning to Pastor Roth and myself, 
but they're a warning to you too as well. They're sobering words, words that grab our attention. We're in this together. The Lord is against smooth-tongued pastors who make up their own messages and drift away from the Word of God itself. And the Lord God is also against parishioners who follow their own hearts and plug their ears to His Word, going after the gut and what appeases the emotions rather than truth. And so it appears today that you and me, we must repent together We must repent of the times that we have failed in these areas where we have indeed fallen short, for there is much that we have to repent of. But we also together, this day, must drop to our knees. I must drop to my knees and cry out for mercy, protection, and discernment. Lord God, help me. Lord God, help you. May we ever be captive to the Word of God. And so, baptized saints, pray for your pastors. Pray for your pastors. Pray for Pastor Roth and myself that we would be faithful to God's Word when times are good and when times are bad. Pray for your pastors. Pray for us that we would not turn our back on truth or be tempted to tickle your ears with what you want to hear, but to be faithful regardless if there is five people in the pews or 500, that we would be faithful in season and out of season. We would be faithful whether there is two bucks in the plate or a thousand bucks in the plate, that we'd be faithful in good times and in bad, faithful to the word. And I will pray for you too. I know Pastor Roth will pray for you as well, that the Lord would actually grant you zeal. Hear this out, zeal for the truth discernment to identify falsehoods, and the integrity, the integrity to hold this pulpit and your pastors accountable to the faithful confession of God's Word and nothing else. That's God's Word and God's Word alone. And together, let us pray together boldly. Let us stand and pray boldly together against the devil and his lies Pray against the ideologies of the world that are here today and gone tomorrow. Pray against the trickery of our old sinful natures that would all attempt to steal us away from God's word. May we all receive from the altar of grace, yes, this altar, grace upon grace, forgiveness, life, and salvation. May we all be captive to the word of God, marinating in that word of God. And finally, let Paul's blessing then be upon us together to hear Paul's words to you and to me. Paul says this, And now I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all that are sanctified. Grant this, God, unto us all, In the name of Jesus, our good shepherd, we pray. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Saint Paul's my